0: this is a courageous church podcast equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life join us now as we listen to a message from courageous Church in Salt Lake City Utah
1: we're jumping right back in here to Hebrews chapter 7 I've been listening online uh, via the podcast so I've been enjoying the not of this world a practical guide for uncommon living series and I think you gave me the best actual passage. Um, So today we're talking about the perfect priest. Uh, There's actually quite a bit of content, so we're going to have to get through it. My pastor always says, uh, blessed are the short-winded, for they will be invited back. So that's my goal, is to get us out of here before dark. Uh, But we're going to jump in. Hebrews chapter 7, we're doing 11 through 28. Uh, I'm going to touch on a few things. I know Pastor Candace covered uh, some of this uh, a few weeks ago. Pastor Jason did as well. Um, so uh, we'll jump into this. We'll probably camp out in verse 27 for a little bit. Uh, But let's read it. Let's just get the word of God in our spirit. Uh, Verse 11 says, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. And Pastor Candace did a great job covering Melchizedek a few weeks ago. If you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to it. It's good. Uh, for when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. Uh, verse 13, he uh, of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. I'll, I'll explain this here in, in, in a minute. And what we have uh, said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless for the law, that's pretty strong language. <laughs> uh, for the law made nothing perfect, but a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests through uh, without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath. When God said to him, "The Lord has sworn, and will not change His mind, you are a priest forever." Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant, and I believe next week we're going to cover the better covenant, uh, but today we're talking about the better priest, the perfect priest. So when God took his people out of Egypt uh, with Moses, he took them into the wilderness, and God gave a whole mess of laws to him because he wanted to teach his people what was the best possible way to live and how to live under God's kingdom. And he established that law, but people broke the law. And so God established priests to be able to represent them to God. And so people would have to keep track of what they messed up with. They'd go buy animals. They'd give them to the priest. The priest would sacrifice them. And people's sins would be cleansed. And it was this system that went on and on and on uh, because it was an imperfect one. That's crazy that it says that it was uh, useless. And weak, uh, But God saw that he wasn't getting the hearts of the people. He could work on getting their behavior, but the heart was missing. And there wasn't a connection with the people themselves. There was a priest in between. And so God had to send his son. Jesus decided uh, to come and be the perfect priest for us so that we didn't have to go through another priest. We didn't have to go through a person that had to offer sacrifices for their own sins before they offered them for their sins. Does that make sense? So the priest stands between the people and God, and he brings their hopes, their dreams, their fears, and their sins before him as their intercessor. So verse 23, this is where it gets real good. It says, now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely, say save completely, those who come to God through him. That's the blessed assurance. That's what you talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, Last week? Okay. Um, And that gives us the ability to go directly to the throne of grace, boldly, because it's already been taken care of. He's a permanent he saved completely through him um, because he always lives to intercede for them. So the image is God's on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand making intercession for us permanently. He's already done it all. You know what's cool about this is that for Jesus to make intercessions for us, he actually has to know us. There has to be an intimacy there that He's actually paying attention to our life, to our hopes, to our dreams, and He's sitting there praying for us, standing in the gap for us, and paying attention. The Bible uses really cool language that God counts the hairs of he- uh, the hairs on our head; they're numbered. And what an insignificant body part—hair. Am I right? Like if you had to, if you had a a decision, you needed a kidney transplant, but you also had an option for a hair transplant. There's not one person that would pick hair over kidney. It's insignificant, but it matters to God. It matters because he pays attention to our life, because we matter, because we're important, we're valuable. He's not just out somewhere in the cosmos doing his thing. No, he's paying attention to the detail of our lives. He knows what it is that you dream, that you and me are hopes. He knows our failures. And I think it's funny we try to hide our failures from God when he knows them intimately, and he's already paid the price. See, we'll often disqualify ourselves when he never did because there's somebody standing in the gap paying attention and being the... uh, being the priest that makes intercession for us. That's cool. So 26, this gets better. I mean, this is already fantastic, but it gets better. So such a high priest truly meets our needs. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. First for his own sins, then for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for their sins once for all, when he offered himself. Say once for all. And 28 says, "For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath, which came after the law, appointed the son who had been made perfect forever. once for all. You know what that means? There's no scorecard. We like to keep score, but Jesus paid it once for all. There's no scorecard. There's no condemnation. There's no competition. It's a clean slate. Past, present, future, it's been done. That removes the competition. It removes the condemnation. It should remove the shame because he's not putting that on you. He's not putting that on us. I love that we prayed for that. Shame, anxiety, that's something that he came to take away. So what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to flip over to Matthew chapter 20. And this is Jesus, the master communicator, telling a story. And this is one of my favorites, his parable here. Oh man, you guys are good back there. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like Jesus loved to talk like that. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine o'clock in the morning, he went out. By the way, a denarius is, is a good day's wage. Uh, he's being super fair. And about nine in the morning, he went out. He saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again at about noon, about three in the afternoon, and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Doing nothing is actually really key to this, this story. Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages. Beginning with the last ones hired... And going on to the first, very peculiar. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came, and they each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give those who were hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have that right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous. This is an absurd, crazy story. And the way that it's laid out, it's totally unfair. Right? He didn't have to pay those people, the last ones first, to make a point to those that came first, but they watched it all. It's an absurd story. Totally unfair, but here's the kicker, the unfairness, of this story is rooted in generosity. We serve a generous God. This is a story about a God who doesn't keep score. Scorecards are dangerous because they lead to pride or despair. Pride, because, well, heck, I'm doing better than that person. <laughs> you know, I, I'm living my life out. We just went and saw what movie was it? Um, Sound of Freedom, great movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Don't take your children. But, great movie. But you watch something like that, and you you realize there's some real evil in the world. There's some real darkness. And no matter where we're at on our journey in our faith, we can say, well, at least we're not that bad. You know what I'm saying? You can point to somebody else, well, at least I'm not like him. God likes me, because I got my scorecard. Leads to pride. Pride is not a good thing. It also leads to despair, because we end up comparing ourselves to somebody who's much better than us, and we feel unworthy. We compare ourselves to Mother Teresa. How are you going to beat that, seriously? Or have you ever met the super-Christian? You know who I'm talking about? They got like a fish sticker on the back of their car. They also have a sticker that says, in case of rapture, car will be unmanned. You know what I'm saying? They only listen to worship music. And this isn't bad. This is just the super Christian, right? They wear the t-shirts that are all about Jesus. When you ask them how they're doing, they don't say fine, good. and No, it's blessed and highly favored, brother. I'm describing somebody as like grandma or something. Uh, They only have TBN on at the house. You know, you don't want to be in front of, behind that guy when God's judging people, right? Because that's, that's the super Christian, but there's no scorecard. There's no pressure. There's no condemnation. There's, it's literally all a gift that none of us deserve because he's rooted it all in generosity. And so what it does is it gives us the freedom to walk out our own walk, to live out the call that God has put on our life because we each have a different call. We're each on a different journey. But we often get bogged down, and we get weighed down with shame and bad decisions, and, and then we end up hiding from God. We try to get good before we go to church. Um, we disqualify ourselves when he never did, because he's sitting right next to the Father making intercession for us. You see, Jesus tells a story where everybody gets the same thing because you cannot divide the infinite. There's no shortage of what we really want in life. There's no shortage of joy. There's no shortage of love. There's no shortage of of peace or satisfaction or connection, the things we really want out of life. There's no shortage of that. It's infinite. It's not like, you know, Pastor Jason here got an extra amount of joy, so my day's got to suck. You know, there's no shortage of it. It's what we really want out of life. You can't divide the infinite so everybody gets the same, whether you joined at 9 a.m. or at 5 p.m. Whenever you came to the party, it's all there. You didn't miss out. And those that came early, they didn't miss out either. There's no scorecards. This whole thing's a gift that nobody deserves. See, in reality, we really want fairness until we make a mess of things. Then we want unfairness. Am I right? We judge people based on their actions. We judge ourselves based on our intentions. Well, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, but you did. (laughs) Still bad. But well, we want fairness in life until we make a mess of something. And then we want God to forgive us. But there's no scorecard. It's already been done. Because we have a priest that sits next to the Father. Yeah, it's freedom. is what it is. The problem is when we can't accept that we're actually accepted. And we beat ourselves up. I'm hoping today that you will leave here with more hope, with more uh, freedom, with knowing that God loves you the way you are. He's not mad about anything. He loves you and wants to walk this out with you. So how do we respond? Let's make it practical because it's a practical guide, right? For uncommon living. So how do we respond? Number one, celebrate the unfairness. Learn to celebrate the unfairness. When you see God's favor on somebody else and not you, don't compare yourself. Well, what do I got to do to get God's favor? Now celebrate it. Whether they came at 5 o'clock or you came at 9 o'clock, wherever it is, celebrate the unfairness. God's timing is really weird. Am I right? It doesn't make sense, but it's perfect. I've learned that God rarely moves quickly, but he often moves suddenly. And that's a hard one to swallow. My wife and I really had a hard time with this when we first got married. Um, We had about a three-year period where we kept having miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And it was really hard because we really wanted to be parents. The hard part, uh, part of it, was watching other people around us get their dreams, get their child, And we couldn't. And I'm like, well, I'm serving full-time ministry, God. I'm a pastor. I'm doing everything you want me to do. Why are you blessing them and not me? And I had to learn to celebrate the unfairness. Because it's all a gift anyway that nobody deserves. And God's timing doesn't make sense to me, but it's perfect. And when the time was right, after you guys got pregnant with Cora, we got our Declan. They're three months apart, and they're amazing. And I've got three beautiful kids now, uh, but I had to go through a season where I had to learn to celebrate the unfairness. I had to learn to celebrate that God was in control, and I didn't get what I deserved. I, I ended up getting so much more. When you see God blessing people, and they're getting the thing that you've been praying for, and it's not happening for you, celebrate that. Because it's coming. Because if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. Timing may be different, but celebrate the unfairness. Celebrate it. Why? Because if you don't, it leads to pride or despair. Celebrate it. It's practical. Number two, stop keeping score. Just say, I'm not playing that game. Just stop it. We're all on our own journey. Enjoy it. Stop keeping score. There's a freedom in it to know that you're completely loved by the Father the way you are. And that he's walking on this journey with us. See, we have a priest that decided to do what we couldn't do for ourselves because he loves us. So stop keeping score and just say, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to try to figure out how to make God like me more by acting like somebody else. That's not how the game works. You're already at the party. Enjoy it. Just walk it out. Number three, I'll close with this. Follow Jesus. you and I, with all of our imperfections, are absolutely perfect for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is inviting us into a whole new way of living, one without a scorecard. And he's made it easy. He says, follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is, there you go, super Christians. They know the word. (laughs) bottom line, Jesus came to remind us of our true identity, of who we really are. We're blessed. We're valuable. We're victorious. We're loved. We're chosen. We're free. We're redeemed. We're forgiven. We're accepted. We're approved. We are children of the Most High God. He came to remind us that our best days are in front of us, and the best part that he's walking it with us. He's leading the way. And he's standing in the gap, forever interceding. My favorite scripture, Psalm 37, 23 and 24. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. There's no scorecard. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Freedom. We have a high priest that loves us and has paid the price so that we don't have to play that game, so that we don't have to compare, so that we don't have to look at somebody else. It's between you and God. Jesus has a calling on each one of our lives, and it's different from everybody else's. You're unique. You've got an identity that is only yours. God's got a plan for our life, each and every one of us, that's different from everybody else's. You were put on this earth to do something that nobody else can do. Don't disqualify yourself. Know that you've got a high priest that says, come on, we're doing this together. Come on, walk with me. Come on, I've already paid the price. I'm standing in the gap. Let's go finish this thing. Take somebody with you. Bring somebody. Don't disqualify yourself. Grab somebody else and say, come on, we're all going to the party. There's freedom here because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for standing in the gap. Thank you for sending your son to, to be the priest that does it once for all be the sacrifice that frees us from having to perform, that takes the pressure off, and invites us to stand back up when we stumble, to get back up and try again, whether it's the first trip or the thousandth, that we're all walking in a journey, that we're all doing something that none of us deserve, but that you've freely given. I want to ask a question with everybody's head bowed in prayer. If your heart stopped beating in the next few minutes, are you at peace with God? Do you know where you'd spend eternity? If not, I would love to pray with you. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm here to help you find a new beginning. And I know this comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In a moment, if you're not at peace with the Lord... Or maybe you are a Christian, but you've grown cold toward God, and you know you need to rededicate, recommit your life to Christ. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and stand right where you are, and we'll pray together. I can't think of a better time to get on the road to victory than right now. God is not mad at you. Your sins have already been forgiven. All you have to do is accept the free gift of Christ's salvation. Will you do it today? The enemy in your thoughts will tell you to do it later. Do it next week. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You are not hearing this by accident. You might be saying to yourself that it's embarrassing to stand in front of everyone. Listen to what Jesus says. If you won't be ashamed of me before people, I won't be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. I want to give you a great opportunity to show Jesus that you're not ashamed of him. If that's you and you want to commit your life to Jesus or you need a fresh new start, a new beginning, would you be bold and take that step of faith and stand right where you are, and we'll pray together. Amen? Come on. Anybody else? Yeah, there it is. Come on, church, let's give them a round of applause. That's bold. Want <laughs> anybody else? Take that step of faith today. I love it. Well, let me help you to call on Jesus. Let's all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Stay standing just for a second. Look at me. I want to tell you how proud of each and every one of you that I am. Get plugged in here. Come as often as you can, whether you want to or not. I promise you this. Your life will never be the same for the better. This is a great house. Amen? Amen. Pastor Candice, who do I give us to you? Jason? Who gets to, who gets to give us next step
0: instructions? <laughs> Amen. So if that's you today and you're watching this online or listening to this podcast, we just want to invite you to fill out that Connect card, that digital Connect card, courageouschurch.com slash connect. Let us know about your decision because we would love to follow up with you, put some resources in your hands, come alongside you as a church, wrap God's loving arms around you and help you follow Jesus as we do that together. Amen. You can also sign up for our next steps party that's coming up on the 23rd at Be Courageous, CourageousChurch.com slash Be Courageous. And uh, we'd love to have you there as well. Great opportunity for us to also share some ways in which you can take some next steps. And then uh, if you've got any prayer requests or needs and you'd like prayer after the service, we'll be down here at the front. We'd love to pray for you. As I said earlier, you can fill out that Connect card online as well. One of the things that I think uh, the Lord wants us to do is to practice this, right? So I wanna give you some helpful instructions for how to put this into practice this week. Are you ready? When you get on Instagram, when you get on Facebook and you see people living their best life, celebrate it. Pray for them. Thank God for them, bless them. You know, that's a practice God had me start doing a couple years ago. I was really struggling with comparison. Anybody else, just me? I started seeing people and I was like, man, why? Why God, why do they got what I want, right? Celebrate the unfairness, stop keeping score. The best way we do that is by praying for people. I pray that God blesses people that have more, that God would give them more. And as you start to do that, watch how your heart changes. Can we do that this week? Can we do that church? Stand your feet today. And I'm gonna bless you. One of the things I like to say around here, you hear Pastor Candace and I say often, is that you're God's best. You know where that came from? It came from this man. Yeah. He said that over us until we believed it. it was true. And you know what? I believe that he, he wants you, the Lord wants you today to believe that is true because you are his best. How many are thankful that we have a high priest that's praying for us, interceding for us, pleading for us right now? And he is. So I just want to pray just a high priestly prayer over your life today and bless you. Is that okay? God, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that you've already lifted up your countenance upon us, that you've already made your face to shine upon us. Through Jesus Christ, the radiance of your glory, you've already shined grace upon grace upon grace upon us. But today, Lord, we receive it afresh and anew. Lord, would you cause your face to shine upon all of those in this place today as they leave, Lord, with the radiant presence of God, with the conviction that they are God's best. They are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They are seated with you in heavenly places. And so, Lord, help us as a people to celebrate the unfairness, to stop keeping score, and to follow Jesus as you lead us where you want us to go. And we thank you for that in your awesome, holy, forever mighty name. Amen.